One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. recording uh, <laughs> <laughs> Shiva just came downstairs and he's a fat boy man he's a fat fat boy it's because my boyfriend's mum looks after him and doesn't understand like just doesn't I get it though I do understand when you don't have an animal that you don't that you like don't understand the seriousness of situations but with an indoor house cat you can't overfeed it or it's just gonna get really it does he doesn't do any fucking look he's got his ears back he doesn't do he any fucking exercise he she gave she would feed him his normal food and then like a fucking packet of treats a day these treats that we had for the two years of him being alive on this earth were gone within a month and now he's <laughs> six and a half kgs six and a half kgs i can't i can't understand what that means but I understand. It's like the grandma energy. You just want to spoil. Spoil. You don't want to be disciplining. You just want to be the fun time. But anyway, so now um, I've been allocated doing exercise with him every day, (laughs) which is making him play for at least 10 minutes. Oh, you make him. And what's that? Just running around? He just has to run around. We also bought this, that ball thing you see on the couch is supposed to um, disperse biscuits. So that he'll play with it so he can get the food out. But he's so fucking lazy. When you're in a bit of a rut, it's hard. I know. He hasn't got much to live for, this boy. He can't go outside. What is the... Like, how does it work with cats? I always wonder. What's the question? Like, how do you choose whether a cat's an indoor cat or an outdoor cat? And, like, where the cats you see on the street, like, how do they... How do they just remember where their house is and know to yeah. come back? Yeah, they they use smell to to figure out where they are. Um, so they're completely fine. Once they've lived in a house for like a couple of weeks, you can let them out and they're generally fine. But it's literally just that we can't let him out because there'd be no way of him to physically get back inside this house because yeah. we're on the second story. But also it's funny because you feel really bad not letting – I feel really guilty not letting him out, 
but at the same time so many outdoor cats like they don't, they don't even go anywhere they just sit like right outside the house and it's obviously nice for them to have fresh air and stuff but this house is quite big and airy anyway mm-hmm. and he would literally just sit outside and then you're they're way more likely to get hit by cars and die really early so i think it's like the life expectancy for an outdoor cat i'm gonna google this because people are gonna get upset is like wait i'll tell you what i have in my brain like the life expectancy for an outdoor cat that i have in my brain is five years and an indoor cat is 14 but i think i um indoor yeah what outdoor disparity okay the lifespan of an indoor cat ranges from 10 to 20 years whereas cats who go outdoors typically live only two to five years two to five which isn't like obviously true for all but it's it's because they, they'll get hit by cars and stuff mm. and what people just have a cat flap for them to come back yeah and they also get attacked by other cats remember my cat in um yeah in sydney and new zealand um it got attacked by another cat and then i went crazy and threw a grapefruit at the cat because <laughs> you just yeah it's it's scary it's no that would be all. scary a grapefruit it's a funny but i would weapon. i wish he yeah i think he'd like to go outside but again grandma was like she said she opens the windows from the bottom from the bottom oh, up and even i, I like, know that that's yeah, a no-no I was like, you literally can't do that we've told you so many times like it makes me feel crazy and she was like aren't she was like only a little bit like only a little bit he can't get his head out and we were like he can push it up mm. like i just i don't know i might obviously i don't have kids but i could just so imagine this being a thing with people who have kids and then like they let the grandparents yeah look after the kids the grandparents who came of age in the swinging 60s yeah. and like don't and, give a fuck and then they just do shit that you wouldn't do as a parent i could i could see how frustrating that would be because you'd just be like i've done i've worked so hard to put all these rules in place and now you just have people like coming in and like completely fucking it up yeah i know it's very it's very frightening i'm sure it would cause a lot of fights drama like people who are really gnarly about their kids having sugar, which I used to think was really annoying, and now I think it's so legit. Yeah, I think sugar is like the worst thing. Yeah, possibly ever. So yum though. I think worst thing since cigarettes, but even more enjoyable than cigarettes. Yeah, yeah, I know. I wasn't allowed really anything. Yeah, I wasn't allowed anything that had obvious sugar in it, but like now I look back and there was just all those things that were branded as healthy for kids Actually, that were yeah. pumped full of sugar. I think I had Nutella on toast for <laughs> Nutella on white toast for breakfast like every single day. Yeah, like white bread, you know. We didn't really have it that much, but it's like pumped full of sugar. But is white bread the same thing as sourdough? No. No. White bread is just bad and sourdough is made in a nice way. Yeah, I think so. I wish I knew. They're calling Alzheimer's now diabetes. Like, they want to call it diabetes 3 because of how strong the links are to it being a sugar thing. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. It's super crazy. It makes sense to me because it wasn't... That's why I can't remember anything. You have early onset dementia. <laughs> From all the cookies. <laughs> I know. In my head, I'm like, sugar is bad. But when, then when I think about what sugar means in real life, I'm like, it just can't be bad. Cookie. Yeah. Cookie. A special little dessert. Yeah, like a tiramisu can't be bad. It's more like those super gummy, those things that look so processed and crazy that I think of as as what I think of as sugar. But sugar is everything. Well, yeah. And obviously they mean, you mean when 
we're talking about this, you're not talking about natural sugars. Yeah, being like bad. processed, high processed sugar. sugars. That's crazy. I know, it really freaks me out. Because my grandma had dementia quite young and she worked at Nestle. Oh my God. Yeah, for like her whole career. And she would always eat um, all the off-cut chocolate bars that like they fucked, like were wrong sized or whatever. They would just bring up and she would just have drawers and drawers of them and just, and would just drink coffee and eat chocolate all the time. And I always think about it. I'm frightened. That's crazy. I've had so much sugar and chocolate this week. (laughs) No, like an insane amount. Like the other day I had on the table a chocolate brownie, vanilla ice cream, a chocolate sundae and a fresh frozen creamsicle, which I don't even know what that was. And last night we had five desserts between four of us. A fresh frozen creamsicle. (laughs) I don't even know what that was. Why do you have so many desserts on a table? Just by yourself. No, with one other person. At like a diner in New York. Okay. I thought it was just here. No. At home. No, no, no. When you get in that mood, nothing is enough. I I landed from New York. I landed from New York and walked got off the train walked straight into Gales and bought a cinnamon bun and ate it while I was walking home and I was just like yum 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 and I could hear the woman behind me because her son wanted one and she was going to him darling that has a lot of sugar in it why don't you just get a croissant that has a lot of sugar in it and I was like shut the fuck shut up, up woman and stop ruining everybody's day it was like 6am <laughs> a cinnamon bun does is very sweet they're my favorite things. There's a lot of them in Stockholm. I, there's something about cinnamon buns being they're, they're Swedish. From there. Yeah, yeah. They're Swedish. <laughs> there's yeah. something about you know Fabrik. Have you had a Fabrik yes. one yet? That's the, the Swedish bakery. That's yeah. what they're supposed to be. They're in the cinnamon bun like, universe. Universe. <laughs> Cinematic Fabric universe. ones are supposed to be some of the best in the city. And then there was like this big thing when buns from home opened. There was beef. Well, there, no, there was just like conversations between me and other cinnamon bun enthusiasts about which one was better. And pe- I had we had people like traveling across London to try the, the, the two of them together. And I do think buns from home typically are better, but, but also buns from home sometimes just don't have enough crisp on the outside like it is very soft okay um, yeah i think zach's a, f- a fabric man yeah is he and he was i was excited to show him the original <laughs> Shima, please. a very precarious situation yeah mm. okay <laughs> it's a stressful table right now what did you just say you were you were excited to see the og fabric in stockholm yes i didn't know it was swedish yes a local institution. That's a that's a an unlikely combo. Like the Swedes are so cool. That what meatballs. cinnamon buns are so cool? But that's what I mean. I'm like they invented cinnamon buns. Like I just don't think of cinnamon buns in Sweden. Yeah, I guess. I don't know like where a, I would think of them as being from. I mean, they kind of feel more American. Yeah, or like Turkish <laughs> cinnamon. Yeah. Middle East. Yeah. Um, yeah. Had a lot of meatballs in Stockholm and I don't think I like them. No. Oh, that I don't, kind yeah, I don't of meatball. eat I don't eat that them, but yeah. They love like a grazing plate, like meatballs, pickled cucumbers, potatoes, um other things, bits and pieces. <laughs> 
featuring. <laughs> All the little bits and pieces. Yeah, which I got like the smorgasbord. I, I like that way of eating, but I just, I, meatballs make me feel a bit sick. Yeah, they're so gross. I feel, <laughs> feel like I don't even want to say this in the podcast because I feel like I've, I've, I don't even know who I am anymore. But last night I tried a tiny bit of chicken liver pate. And it was so fucking disgusting. It was so disgusting. It tasted like cat food. And I was like, but I was also just like, I can't believe I'm eating this from someone who didn't eat chicken for their whole lives and is now just eating. Yeah, you've gone full 180. Like liver. But I guess I'm just like, well, from eating chicken, you're just eating chicken. But then I like tried a little bit on a baguette and then I was like, this is so disgusting. It made me feel so sick. Yeah, how they get liver for pâtés is quite a okay, don't tell me yeah, it's not good but it's i used to really like it and i've i've had a similar thing recently i i had some at a work event recently and i i i felt quite disgusted by it it's so rich and like heavy and i think it's something we're just told is we're supposed to like well you're told it is is it supposed to be like a um delicacy, delicacy yeah there is so much food that's supposed to be a delicacy that's disgusting yeah um what's the one that i really don't like oh i don't like caviar I quite like caviar, I have to say. I think caviar is gross, and I think um, escargot is gross. Yeah, escargot is gross. And even oysters, I, I don't mind an oyster, but I... You used to love oysters. I used to love them. I know. Now I'm like, now and again, but I don't... No, I don't like I them don't either. I don't fuck with them en masse. Yeah. They were such a you thing. I know. Back in the day. I think I was excited to have discovered them. Yeah. But I, I, I like them when they're like doused in Tabasco and lemon and thing. And I think that that's a very like pleb way to do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, off oysters. Just want a simple fries and a Caesar salad. You know, fries, is it, fries and a Caesar salad and Diet Coke is like going off on TikTok now. Like everyone's realizing we all separately love it as girlies. Yeah. It's really cute. I think I did know that. <laughs> I think I did know that that was that was like a trending thing for a while. There's some sort of feminine and the martinis instinct with, with to it. just want to eat that. Yeah, it's delicious. Fries would definitely be in my death row meal. French fries, thin, crispy McDonald's style fries. I have to tell you a curse thing that happened. Actually, speaking of food and fries, I went to the airport at JFK and I hadn't bought. I was like on this cheap flight back to London and hadn't bought food on the flight because I was like, I need to sleep immediately. Like the minute I get on this flight, I'm putting my eye mask on, taking melatonin, almost murdered the mother in front of me. Like Jesus fucking Christ. It was another thing that like dried my ovaries up where I was like, you are not even a human anymore. You were just a mother. She was, like, <laughs> she was literally going A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And her daughter didn't even give a fuck. Her daughter was like, shut the fuck fuck up like oh my god and then anyway i i <laughs> like shut up you're on a flight and then her daughter would like be like her daughter would talk a little bit loud and she'd be like inside voices lily inside oh, voices sure. and i was like your voice is the loud voice yes. your one jesus Don't worry about lily fucking worry christ about and i tried to put my earpods in even though i knew my earpods would fall out when i was asleep because i was like i can't hear this woman and then my, my earpod fell down the side of the plane and she was still singing oh uh, it's torture. so anyway and then before i got on the flight i was like okay I'll, I'll buy food from jfk and then i get in and the options were hideous because i was in like this cursed terminal like terminal seven 
And um, when no, like, made up airlines are flying from. I think I was on, like, Norse Airways or something. Yeah. <laughs> and I, like, went up to the only place that looked, like, eat- eatable. <laughs> that's, I don't even know if that's a word. But um, that looked, like, actual food was this burger place. There was, like, no McDonald's, no nothing. But there was this burger mm. place. Non-franchise called, outlets only. Called True Burger Co. Stop. And. <laughs> and only at T7. Yeah. And I lined up and then there were like two touch screens where you could do your order or there was this like employee who literally looked like she wanted to murder me and herself and everybody in the thing like she was drinking she was standing there sipping on this like big soda just like what the fuck do you want and for some reason they went up to her i was like too scared to eat i just wouldn't eat meat at a place like that and i was like can i get an impossible burger and fries and then i was like does can I get a, one of these waters with the combo? And she was like, no. I was like, okay. And then anyway, I was so scared. So then I just ordered that, went away. It was like 20 US dollars, of course. Stood in the line for ages. Then I looked at the menu and it was like, you can add unlimited amounts of extras, like jalapenos, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, well, I'm obviously too scared to talk to her again. So I won't. And then like 15 minutes later, it comes out. I go and sit down, open the packet, and it is a bun an impossible patty and another bun. Stop. Nothing. Nothing. No sauce. No no um, lettuce. No tomato. No onion. Nothing. Just that because you're supposed to like customize it. And that fucking bitch <laughs> that knew. Girl. That oh fucking my God. She knew. And she just let me order like that. And I was like, fuck you. She needs to be fired. And then I just ate it because I couldn't. I couldn't go back and, and it was actually yum I was like I do like a simple thing and I probably would have if I if I customized it as with everything I would have like gone to gone overboard gone overboard that's my when I'm at five guys I I exercise restraint I am true to my own instincts and it's just onion bacon jalapenos ketchup in a bun yeah and what is five guys food. five guys the burgers They're so the but just bacon burger no 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 like a like it's got a burger patty or whatever but those are the only add-ons because you can add on as much as you want but in the past i'm like lettuce mayo Mm -hmm. uh, tomato blah blah and i'm like i don't actually want it yeah i want simplicity i want an easy life yeah when i ate that burger i was like this is actually i took we me and you are so similar like that just like bland bland girls i love beige foods with no i don't even give a fuck about sauces which so many people listening to this will be like what the hell and i don't care i don't need sauce in that burger yes remember that chick-fil-a the best chick-fil-a burger is literally chicken fried chicken one one pickle like one little pickle and a piece of cheese and no sauce and everyone's like no sauce i'm like you don't need sauce yeah, because it doesn't come with sauce. No. At Chick-fil-A, you order a burger and it doesn't have sauce in it. It's perfect. I wish – if I could have found it any company, it would be Chick-fil-A. <laughs> <laughs> what company would I have founded? Maybe Subway with their, like, I fucking love gorgeous Subway cookies. Well. Yeah. Subway at its peak. Why can't they just make their cookies nice anymore? Are they not going to good anymore? They're always dry. Mm. Except probably sitting there for like seven business days because no one cares. And then the best Subway is the Chicken Classic and they don't sell it anywhere but in Australia. Really? Confusing. Have you had one since you... No. Oh my God. And that's why... Um, yeah, there's some odd things that, that happen. Like when I was screaming apparently allegedly at the McDonald's, <laughs> the thing, the speaker thing, because I was trying to get a Chick-fil-A, at fillet, McDonald's. fillet or fish, 
at McDonald's at midnight and they said they stopped serving Philadelphia Fish at 11 p.m. What? I was like, that's a made up rule. I was that like, that is, is made insane. up because I've eaten. Phil- like, I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I think it was at that specific McDonald's and they wouldn't do just it. For you. And I forgot that I forgot that this happened. And then the other day someone reminded me because <laughs> we had because we had to go through the drive through. We had to go round in a circle twice. McDonald's have such stupid rules. Like, I remember being in Tasmania and our last flight out had been cancelled and Jetstar were, like, putting us up in a hotel and it was all just a mess. Yuck. And everything was shut except McDonald's. And they they were like, you can't come into the store after 11pm. You have to do drive through, But we didn't have a car. So uh, we walked yeah. through and they're like, you can't walk through drive through. And I was like, stop making it so hard for me to popularize your business yeah i just want to eat some food and if i'm not here in a car yes we had to do that in and out once in america when i was like 19 they had the same rule and so some guy i've already talked about this on the pod but this guy led us in his car yeah that's what we ended up doing we ended up like yeah that's not safe that's so unsafe (laughs) this like wolf creek van pulled over and we're like no no it's fine (laughs) we'll starve Oh, you didn't get in. Not that one, but we got in another one. We got in a taxi. <laughs> Not that one. <laughs> Terrible. The good old days when taxis used to take you through McDonald's before they got all like annoyed about it. Why are they all so like... I think they just get grumpy about their cars stinking of McDonald's, which I, I guess is kind of fair enough. They're so But I always offer out. to buy them some because I don't want to. Can you also explain why Ubers hate it when you want them to take a package somewhere? I know. I'm like that. Surely, My dream. I guess. Well, do you know what? I think it's because I think it's because people are useless on the other end. Yeah, they've got to sit around and they're just sitting around waiting and like contacting you and being like, "Dude, with like this person yeah. needs to come outside now." Yeah, that that's would be annoying. when it would be fucking annoying because I guess they're not really getting paid for sitting there. But worth it for a ride in silence. Worth it for a silent ride with just a package for company. Yeah, they have Uber Package now. That's what someone was telling but, me in Australia. It's Uber Package now. Yeah, there's Uber Package in LA, but it's not here. They don't have it here yet. So yeah. I had to send your mic to your house the other day, and I had to do a normal Uber, and I was like scared. Yeah, I'm, I get scared too. I had to do one the other. Day. I had to do one yesterday, and I was like, sorry, sorry, and I had come up with a backstory. What was it? <laughs> I was like, I was meant. I, I don't even know why I do this. It's like such people pleaser. I was like, I was meant to come, but something's come up, and I have to go, but I have to deliver this package to someone, and he was like, what? I was like, can you just take this to this address? Sorry. <laughs> oh, it's so sick. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
into. This story popped up when I was in Stockholm and my flight was getting delayed and delayed and delayed. And I was getting lit alone in the lounge. And I, this was manna from heaven when the story came through. It was an Apple News pop-up, Vanity Fair, deep dive on Brad, Angelina and Miraval, which is their winery in Provence. And this is a proper good old-fashioned Vanity Fair of the past style reporting which they just don't really do anymore and i think it's a real shame yeah brad pitt and angelina jolie's war of the rose i love that title off from the offset i love that rose is kind of at the heart of the story yes. because rose rose obviously and this is part of the story as well so they brad and angelina got together in like 2006 right or 2005 Five, I think. when they met on mr and mrs smith as everyone knows and then they started looking for they went on a holiday in 2007 into the south of france french french riviera and decided they wanted to buy a place there and so they were hunting around they finally found this amazing old winery this this huge amount of land and bought that but at the time the wine that miraval was releasing just like wasn't that great and they just wanted it for the space and like to be away from Hollywood and just be able to kind of have somewhere they could go and chill and just be, be in the middle of nowhere. Um, but then Brad Pitt, Brad started getting like obsessed with making the wine good. Cause they said that they were losing like half a million euros a year, but the people who sold it to them were like, when we sold it to you, it was profitable, but who fucking knows. And that guy like loves, he's really cute and shouted that, the guy who sold it to them wanted to stay on and be doing the wines. And there's just quotes from him all the way through being like, the wine was so delicious. Like Brad said, the wine was so del-. like, he's just trying to justify. I know. And then abandoning him. I know. And then, so Ro- how Rosé comes into it is some, oh, I feel like I'm skipping it. There's so many great details that I feel like I'm like skipping ahead because we have to talk about the desk as being how the rosé came into it. Yeah, the, we need to do like a and it's, it'll go para by para yes. analysis of this piece. So they buy the property. They start spending heaps of time there. Brad Pitt buys Angelina Jolie a desk for her birthday or something, right? Yeah. And they go into so much detail about this desk that this is the first point of the piece where you realize Brad Pitt likely ghost wrote this like they talk about this desk as if it's like the most beautiful present anyone can get anyone okay before the before the fights before the combustible court documents before the lawsuits that have crawled through the courts for seven long increasingly toxic years there was a desk <laughs> a wildly expensive lacquered i never know lacquered. how to say that word lacquered desk inspired by 1920s french design ordered long distance by pitt as a birthday present for jolie Inside one of its drawers was a special inscription by Pitt and a constellation inlaid mother of pearl honoring Jolie's Gemini birth sign. He wanted the fact she was a Gemini in this piece I know. as part of his own spin. I know. And this is how he got it in. Yeah. <laughs> he basically said, this bitch is a Gemini. She's a Gemini. <laughs> uh, Gemini. And I rest my case. Literally, she's such End a fucking story. Gemini. Jolie was delighted by the desk, the latest exhibition of affection from Pitt. It went in her office, which Pitt had painstakingly re- redesigned. He wanted it exactly right for her, says Gary Bradbury, a Miraval director and head of security. He thought the world of that woman. Get like, Gary Bradbury as your fucking source? Gary like, to wheel out Because he's the clothes. only one that will say he adored that woman. 
Gary Bradbury, like, come on. He is quoted throughout and heavily. He is, like, number one on the record source for this piece. So this, for context, this story is about, as we've said, the legal battle over Miraval, but it reeks of Brad Pitt PR spin um, from top to toe, to the point where I read it and then felt he had a few things that popped out in my head that were funny but was feeling Team Brad and then thought, oh, my God, I'm being duped. I need to go back over it and, like read with a fine tooth comb yeah and lo and behold gary bradbury saying he thought the world of that woman lo and behold an unnecessary paragraph on a desk that he bought Ange. no but what you were saying before was so funny you were like just where are the, all the gifts that Ange brought brad i'm pretty sure she bought him a fucking plane at one point yes she bought him a fucking plane and got he bought his... her desk and inscribed it that she was a gemini it's like that is so irrelevant that there's like an inscription in, in a desk like are we are we really gonna bring up like birthday cards if she was any other star sign that detail would not be in i <laughs> literally she was a pisces absolutely yeah, not yeah exactly oh my god so yeah it's very it's 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 very funny to me that things like this even in vanity fair can still be so one-sided like all you need is a line in there saying like the couple famously always bought each other extravagant gifts Jolie one year gave brad pitt for his 50th birthday a blood you know what i mean a disc isn't even in- extravagant like shut up they're trying so hard to make it seem extravagant even when they said inspired by 1920s so i was like it's not even vintage yeah what <laughs> did he just yeah it's just a inspired. New disc. yeah so then so the point of like i guess i guess what what how the disc fits into it a bit or how they've like made it relevant <laughs> Is because who's this Polaro guy? Yeah, the designer this guy Frank Polaro. They f- flew in to what put the desk in the room. Yeah, and then um, Polaro had drunk a bottle of Miraval the night before, and Brad Pitt asked what he thought of it, and he said it was gross. <laughs> <laughs> and then Brad Pitt was just like, oh, "I don't know anything about wine, but I'd like to learn more." And then later in the piece, someone was like, "What kind of wine did Brad Pitt drink at the time?" And the person goes, "I think he drank a Heineken." <laughs> Which is really jokes. And then, anyway, this guy gives Brad Pitt, like, a really nice bottle of wine from the region. And then Brad decides that he wants to make Miravel wine really good. Which, like, to his credit, if all of this is true about how much he did do to, like, turn the winery around. And he brought on these amazing winemakers and put in heaps of money and time and effort into fostering this wine but i'm also like who gives a fuck like it's like, like i'm just like if you both own the wine you know men yes. are always doing this shit like we're always fucking around with their little hobbies and like and just inside like hobby. and just inside them. raising yeah. seven children and like it says at one point that pitt was off this expl- this is like men versus women so hard it's like yeah. pitt was off like on some other venture trying to launch a luxury retreat or something and she was um, at a like refugee camp in Jordan where there were 60,000 Syrian refugees and that was where they both flew in from the night before the last the night of the last supper before they got their divorce the next day Ugh. before the plane incident happened the next day but back to yeah the desk so then <laughs> so then Brad has this fucking meeting where he's going to hire someone to oversee the the wines and someone then suggested Rosé and how Rosé was going to have a comeback. And comeback it, it did. Yes. At that time. So I didn't realize that Whispering Angel was like the birth of Rosé coming back into yeah. fashion. And they say Rosé was always like the neglected kind of cheapy 
Because it was so sweet. Thing, yeah. And that Whispering Angels just launched and went nuts, especially in America. And so, yeah, this this guy from a famous winemaking family in France wanted to create like a competitor brand. So the meeting Brad Pitt and Brad Pitt wanting to create a distinctive wine from his winery it all just came together with perfect timing and they decided to launch Marival Rosé which apparently is quite famous I haven't personally heard of it but yeah so it says that it all began with a signature wine Marival Cotes de Provence Rosé whose revenue reached 50 million in 2021 pretty good pretty (laughs) fucking good so yeah but oh what was I gonna say oh yeah I was gonna say that thing about like Pitt doing these hobbies like making the wine really good I mean that is it's so confusing isn't it with shit like this with a divorce because it's just, it's just that it's like kind of just on a larger scale that thing of like men continue working at their jobs women are raising the children mm. and then when they go to get a divorce it's like the man has all the money because he continued doing his job and the woman gave it up f- to like raise a family and then suddenly she's like kind of fucked it's so true, and it's also that thing of – so basically the reason that they're fighting over this estate is because it's now worth a lot more money than when they bought it, and in part because Brad Pitt has put a lot of this like energy and time into making the wine more profitable, and he's also created this kind of music studio based out of there and his weird skincare line that we talked about last year and et cetera, et cetera. He built a petting zoo and filled it with rabbits, goats, chickens, and peacocks. God, he's random. He's so annoying. <laughs> But he, it was in like legal contract or whatever when they purchased the place that it was evenly split 50-50 and that he owned 60% of the Miraval wineries and then when they got married as a gift to Ange, he gifted her the extra 10% to make them equal partners for a, uh, what's the word, like an honorary fee of one euro. So on paper. And then in the brackets it goes, which was never paid. Which was never like, like, like so, she's not actually meant to pay it if you're yeah. doing it as a as a gesture. But so they both legally own it. So I get he's going on about how much more work he did for it. But like you say, this is the huge thing that always happens with divorces where it's like you having the freedom to do all of this stuff because the mother was raising your children at home, like that's an uncalculatable and also she's choosing figure. to like, like she's also choosing to spend her time doing UN work. Yeah. Like she wanted to be at Miraval so that she could do that's where she wanted to like do her UN work and wanted to have like meetings there and business there and all of that for that. And he's busy like making fun roses outside in the sun. Yeah. And building petting zoos. And now he's like, Well, oh, he's so annoying. But um also, yeah, how the piece the other bit where you realise this is such a spin piece for for Brad Pitt is where they go into their backstory about um, getting famous and like, wait, where is that? I need to bring this up. So yeah, they began as mere mortals. The daughter of Midnight Cowboy star, like La 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 talking about how Jolie was a wild child at age five. She wanted to be an actress. Then girl interrupted, uh, led her to get the best supporting actress, Oscar, a film I haven't seen and which I'm like now gagging to see. A fab, fab film. And then it goes, by then, this this bit, by then, William Bradley Pitt was already a star. He'd arrived in Los Angeles from Springfield, Missouri, in a battered Datsun with $325 in his pocket. The astonishingly handsome son of a trucking company dad and stay-at-home mum 
He dropped out of college two weeks short of graduating with a journalism degree. He told his folks he was moving to LA not to act, but to go into graphic design so they wouldn't worry. Unlike Jolie, he had no movie star dad, no contacts, nothing but a dream. Stop. Nothing but a dream. Like that is so cheesy. How much That's did they pay this writer to write that sentence? He stood in the streets in a yellow El Polo Loco chicken costume, <laughs> waving a sign to Beck and Diners inside. Like what? That's crazy. And drove exotic dancers to their strippergram appointments. Mm, sounds about right. That's crazy. He yeah. And then it goes in May two thousand. Jolie then twenty four married forty four year old. Billy Bob Thornton in Las Vegas that July. Pitt married friend star Jennifer Aniston in a $1 million wedding in Malibu. Nobody is more better suited in life than Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston. Like, when you actually look at that. Yeah. And Angelina and Billy Bob Thornton. Like, how did these two come together? I find it so random that Angelina Jolie was ever into Brad. I know Brad Pitt is hot. Yeah. But I find it really random that she was ever into him. They obviously had this, like, as this cursed anecdote that is reprinted in this piece attests like the most insane deranged sexual chemistry just like off charts chaotic beef head to me yeah i mean i agree but then also i guess he's all like art boy as well yeah he loves like architecture and making those little sculptures making sculptures yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm, like, reading him wrong or something. But I just don't get how... I just feel like she's so evolved as a human being. And she would have been so... I don't know. She just would have seen so much of the world. Yeah, I agree. She's she's too cool for him. Always, always was. But it says in this piece, where is this little segment? This is quite a famous story, I think. I did recognize this, but I'd kind of forgotten it. What are you talking Such about? Such wounded animal. Okay. <laughs> And when they had sex, well, it sounded like a wounded animal, like someone being killed, read a tabloid report (laughs) about their Kenyan getaway. When the noise emanating from their $2,000 a night suite was supposedly so loud that worried guards grabbed their weapons and rushed to their door. And I'm like, that that to me makes their whole relationship slot into place. We didn't need to know that. We didn't need to know that. Jen didn't need to know that. Also... This just takes me back. Well, they they have it in this piece, which is like, they have this in this piece, but it, it takes me back to how they were having the affair on Mr. and Mrs. Smith. In January 2005, they issued a joint statement saying they were going to split. And on the weekend Aniston filed for divorce, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie posed for a W magazine portfolio, portraying them as a madman era married couple. That to me is so crazy. Just shows how different journalism is today. Like I'm just like, in what world would you would you? Why did either of you do that? He's just they're just dumb, young, and in love. But I'm like they're dumb, young, and in love. And I think we also now forget that like Brad Pitt was very very famous, obviously, and Angelina Jolie was very famous. But it was the two of them coming together that made them like the insane, insane Hollywood megastar, like golden couple of our era thing. That was almost produced because of them getting together and getting married and having all of those kids. So at the time they were obviously very famous, but like now you can't imagine them ever agreeing to do that because they're Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. Whereas at the time they probably had a bit less. Yeah. Pull, but still it's insane. He either didn't think, do you think he knew he was getting divorced when he agreed to that shoot? Surely. 
they'd wrapped filmy. Oh, as in like it could have been a Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Yeah, it was a Mr. and Mrs. Smith promo thing. Oh, was it? Yeah. I thought it was them doing it as a couple. No, no, no. It was like a oh, promo for the okay. movie. That's why, but I, that's that why I was concept. so shocked. I was just like, what? Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. But. Okay. Yeah, so that's why it was like a play on the assassin thing is like them just yeah. being a little domestic couple at home. But you'd think they'd be like. No. <laughs> like the kids and <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what a time. So this is really interesting. The piece then goes into what well, goes into all of these kind of like court document things where it says by the time of the wedding, Angelina Jolie had stopped investing money into the winery, but she denies this. And then like they actually they got married there and they had their, their twins there, which is like mm. quite crazy. And then she said as well in a email to him in 2021 four years after she filed for divorce even now it's impossible to write this without crying above all this is the place we brought the twins home to and we were married over a plaque in my mother's memory a place where i thought i would grow old sad and then she's like but it's also a place that marks the beginning of the end of our family but then yeah it goes into how um when they divorced they were like fighting over the winery because yeah as you say it was making so much more money but then, wait, what is it again? She, she, that email was her offering for him to buy her out. Yes. Because she was just like, it just has bad memories for me now. So she wanted to be bought out, um, it seems like relatively early. And he, as he basically agreed to buy her out at whatever the value of the property was, which was like a high amount. It was like $50 million or something. As part of it, his lawyers tried to get her to sign some sort of NDA where she couldn't say anything that would harm the business by speaking badly of Brad Pitt. And obviously that was kind of a tricky thing to put her in a awkward position because she's like concurrently going through this custody battle. And with that stuff about what happened within their marriage was likely to come out. And that would damage him and therefore the brand. So she basically pushed back and said she's not signing an NDA where she's never going to say anything bad about Brad Pitt because that like limits her ability. It's kind of like putting a gag on her in a way. Mm. I totally understand why she wouldn't want to. Yeah, of course. To be able to speak about like her own like alleged domestic abuse. Like that's crazy. Yeah. And like the strong, amazing woman that she is. I'm like, she just would never sign that. Um, And then so he refused to sell. And I just think this piece is trying to portray him as like a poor man who put all this energy into this winery and she's being a bitch and won't sell it to him and it's like he literally just could have done it and saved himself all these problems but he refused and then so she's As in to take that out you mean yeah, yeah to yeah, take yeah. that out and yeah. just sell it and have it done and yeah. he owns the company then they can just continue their other sure. like court cases that's what he wants is to own the whole thing um so because he refused she sold it to another buyer which again makes a hundred percent sense because i'm not like accusing brad pitt of anything here but it's such a thing that men do with women after divorces where they just keep them tethered to them through fi- like financial control. Yeah. And I know she's in such a unique position where she's a multimillionaire and she's totally fine on her own, but they've been broken up for like eight years. She would just want to cut off all ties, like as many ties as she could to being with this person. And, and also like the memories of yeah. that winery and like the way, and she was just saying like things like 
um, an ad campaign of the winery showed Brad Pitt like looking like he'd passed out from drinking. And she was just yeah. like, that is so fucking insane. And like, I don't want to be having, I don't want to still have my name on this when it's yeah. releasing imagery like that, that makes me remember like traumatic times. Yeah, totally. So she then sold it to a Russian like billionaire, um, her 50% stake, which basically means that Brad Pitt is now co-partners with this business that he or this person that he has never met, has nothing to do with, is like a kind of hostile business takeover situation because now he's expected to share like all business decisions and have full transparency with someone that he doesn't know and someone that could like theoretically be pushing to control more of the company, etc., etc. So now he's really angry at her about that and saying that she wasn't allowed to do that. But I'm just like, this is your fucking fault. <laughs> yeah. Um. So basically now why it's gotten so messy and complicated is because he's not working. Brad Pitt is refusing to work with this new owner because he's saying that the sale was never legal and is fighting that in court. So the new owners are fighting to Well, get... he's like sued Angelina, right? I that... think so, for, yeah. Uh, for selling it. Yes. So that's the one court battle. And then didn't she counter-sue him? I don't think she's countersuing him. I think the new owners are suing him because he put in his documents while suing her that she'd sold to a Russian business with ties to Putin and that that was like really, really bad PR and press for his brand, especially during the Ukraine war. And now those owners are countersuing Brad Pitt for accusing them of having ties to Putin when they've said that they've risked a lot by speaking out against the war and that it's defaming them to say that. So now there's just lawsuits and counter lawsuits on all grounds. The new Russian owners have also basically tried to get all internal documents from how they're running the company to get transparency on whether or not Brad Pitt has been running the company like efficiently and fairly and whatever. So they had a like FBI style raid on the property and like took all these documents and they're now sitting in a court in the south of France while Brad Pitt fights the legality of them to do that. So he just has a bazillion horrible things on his plate and obviously doing this piece for Vanity Fair is him trying to get like sympathy and his story out that he's been totally wronged. But I just think this was his fault. Also it says it has to say in the piece like all the shit that happened on the plane. Mm. Which is, yeah. Where does it say? This is for the kids. Everything was for the kids and the family. What does that say? So someone in the chateau. But it's like, yeah, it has to go into the plane stuff. Um, which when you read it again, you're just like, this is so fucked. And like Angelina, Joel, Angelina hadn't said anything about it. All that we had were like TMZ things. TMZ mm-hmm. articles, the fact that the FBI had been called, like all that shit that happened at the time. That was like obviously the biggest news story of our time. Yeah, and that too. happened. It was so crazy. And you're just hearing like all these like reports of whatever, like an altercation with Maddox and like that Brad Pitt was drinking and stuff. And then he obviously came out and did that like big GQ fucking shoot saying he'd gone to rehab and was recovered and how annoying would that be for Angelina Jolie to say to see she stayed completely silent about all of this mm-hmm. then he tries to, to whack her with an NDA so she can never speak about it and then during the custody battle she finally said it and the whole thing is like really really intense and, and so scary mm-hmm. like 
at one point he choked one of the children and at another point he hit another one in the face mm-hmm. and was physically assaulting her. Like, that's insane. Literally insane. Like, dragged her into the bathroom and was, like, shaking her and, like, hit her head against a wall and the kids were, like, piling on him to get him off her. And she has, throughout this whole process, just been painted by so many people as, like, the same fucking school book as the Johnny Depp shit as just, like, a woman scorned, getting retribution, getting revenge. And it's like, she's done fucking nothing to get revenge or retribution. Like she how the fuck, like, that's so scary that this is happening in a plane. Yeah. Like she grabbed him from behind to hold him back. And then he threw himself back into the airplane seats to whack her against the wall yeah. to get her off him. And these are like young kids all aged between like fucking seven and like 18. Like it's such a traumatic thing to experience. And they landed and he wouldn't let any of them off the plane. And she was trying to strategize how to get them off the plane without him losing his shit. Sitting yeah. with your kids. Like, it's fucking awful. And no, so that's scary. fully out there. And I, like, no one knows it. I've, like, through this week, just been talking to people casually about it. And people are like, whoa, was it actually that bad? It's, yeah. he's done this weird job of, like, managing to sail through without people being outraged by it. Whereas when you actually think about the logistics of it, if you saw that happen, like if there was CCTV footage of it, people would be so appalled and disgusted that people wouldn't want him to work anymore. Exactly. I find, yeah, I find it, I find the whole thing really crazy. I'm, and like the fact that this all came out and then he was like in one of the like supposed to be biggest movies of the year last year with like huge film posters still all over Hollywood. Like the whole, I don't know, him and the Johnny Depp thing just, Makes me feel so icky. Like when I was walking through the airport and I just saw like Dior Sauvage, like mm. with this huge poster of Johnny Depp, and like, do you know what? I was just like, do we have to, like, do you know, do we have to hero these guys right now? Yeah. 100%. And like just the audacity to, to then, like, I would just fucking bury my head in shame if that was me and just keep my head down and like whatever, you know. You're allowed to, like, people do fucked up shit and it doesn't mean you can never, ever work or have an existence again. But, like, the audacity to then go out and, like, be creating, intentionally creating these kind of spin pieces that are like a hit piece on your ex (laughs) when you know that that story is going to be in there. It's just so astonishing to me. It's so male. Mm -hmm. And also how he talks about, like, how they're having this custody battle and it's just like, and didn't didn't Angelina say at one point that she... The, that she talked to the kids and they were happy to testify about mm-hmm. what happened and then they like declined that happening yeah it's just like let the fucking children speak about with who they want to have custody over them yeah and there's obviously like that kind of thing doesn't just happen in isolation you know what i mean like that's probably the build-up of of a lot of you know, the worst, that was the, the, the build up and the worst case scenario of escalating behavior. But like, she obviously, not, there's obviously a lot more that she could talk about and say that she's not saying and that she hasn't revealed. Yeah. Like if he's going to pull her into a bathroom like that yeah. and start like screaming at her in front of the kids, that obviously isn't the first time that's happened. Yeah, exactly. It sounds like it was the first time it happened in and, front of the children. Yeah. Yeah fucking nuts and it's crazy as well because it was like the night before they were at this winery having this big dinner on this outdoor table and then the next day he like flips and he's obviously an alcoholic and he's, he said he was an alcoholic and he says this at bradley i was like bradley 
Fucking trio of disgusting men. Like, <laughs> hugging Bradley Coupe. Did he? I didn't know he did like some speech and said that he'd helped him get sober. I know. I don't want to know. I'm so sick of these men in Hollywood. I know. They're so feral. I know. I'm just sick of them. And I just think like this is just the thing with women is I just – it. Angelina Jolie has taken such a dignified silence and done no press, no big interviews. And if she did, it, like all power to her if she does in the coming like weeks or months. One day she probably will do a sit down and talk about her side of the story. But for literally this all happened in what, 2016? Yeah. This is like seven years of obviously for the sake of her kids and obviously wanting to be fucking classy. Very similar vibes to Kim Kardashian, like not wanting to talk about how hard this divorce has been for her because of wanting to protect her children and, and like act in their best interests and look after their privacy. She's obviously not done anywhere near as much work as she could, or perhaps maybe want like would have wanted to do. She's just kept out of the spotlight. She hasn't done this very obvious, like hiring a publicist and briefing and being seen in certain ways and doing stuff and like styling herself in certain ways to get photographed, like all this shit that Brad Pitt has been doing as this big plan strategized like PR spin. She's just kind of stayed away and done her own thing. And because of that, people just start to internalize the messaging that's out about her. Mm. That whole thing of people like, I don't know why, but I just don't like her. I don't know why, but I just like, I feel like that seeps in over time. She spoke to British Vogue, like in that cover story where she said that she, she kind of just said little things about like how hard it's been and how she's just like, I don't know. Cause it's that, crazy thing of when that happened she was obviously she was like still in love and still married to this man and then she just filed for divorce just like that like Mm. which is so um incredible to just be like absolutely not like that this is not happening on my watch and Mm. then but at the same time she would have been going through so much heartbreak like yeah and trauma it's like crazy and even, like, we think about now those pictures of, like, Brad and Jen at the SAG Awards and everyone on the internet being like, oh, my God, and just this fucking, this whole time, he's just ridden out completely unscathed. Yeah. Someone said, someone in the piece at the end goes, this case has been covered as a celebrity divorce. It is really a story about abuse. But then someone else on Brad's side is like, I hope you'll give some grace to somebody who had a breakdown. Everyone was shocked by the eruption on the plane because Brad is not an abusive person. It's like... You just can't say like you just can't say someone who abused their wife and kids yeah. is not an abusive per- like yes alcohol and, and addiction and stuff makes people do crazy things and like we have to have yeah it's it's just tricky the whole thing but yeah it's also just sad that it's being played out in this in this like such a public way and all of this like the reason it's playing out in such a public way is because brad keeps dragging them through these lawsuits Mm -hmm. like it's like and was never going to reveal that stuff on the plane publicly yeah yeah exactly and now she had to because of that and now he's dragging her through another one when she just sold the fucking winery because she just wanted it gone it's just like just like this obsession with controlling narrative controlling the thing if he just sold (sighs) again it just feels like such a male entitlement thing to like force her hand in this situation (laughs) and then just create all of this extra like the lawyers and the thing and the headache and the financial stress and the logistics of this whole thing because he wouldn't just like do the simple easy thing and quietly let her sell her stake to him Mm -hmm. and just run it however he wants Mm -hmm. 
because he is obsessed with making sure she doesn't say anything bad about how he looks. Mm-hmm. It's like, and then kind of pushing this narrative that you're like a victim in the situation. Very frustrating. Yeah, it's, it's really frustrating. Um, and also she just wants to do her fucking like UN work and launch a little fashion no. line. and That is random, I have to say. Yeah. It's... Atelier Jolie. I know. <laughs> I know. I don't really understand it. I mean, I know it's all from like repurposed materials and really sustainable, but there are already sustainable brands out there. Who is she looking at? You know how we always say this? We're like, who's her references? Like who's she? In, who's she? Does she want to be like the row? I kept thinking. Yeah, I was just going to say that. But it's so not – she's just not, like, a fashion girly. I know. She always looks beautiful, but she's not – that's not really her thing. So it feels – it's like when we looked at Brad doing the skincare and it felt random. There's got to be some sort of ulterior motive. Like, the skincare line was definitely about bolstering his legal case. Yeah, for, for claim for over claim the – claim over the thing. Winery. Atelier Jolie, not sure. <laughs> I haven't, I mean, I haven't looked into it in detail. The launch collection is a partnership with Chloe. Yeah, I heard that. Or a par- partnership with Gabriella Hearst. Is it a partnership with, with no, Chloe? No, it's with Chloe. And oh. Gabriella Hearst just left Chloe, which is again so random because I'm like, Gabriella Hearst and her feel very aligned. Yeah. But Chloe without Gabriella Hearst and Angelina Jolie. It's all, yeah, it's all confusing. It's like maybe she wanted. I don't, I don't know. Someone just convinced her into it. Even the branding. Have you seen it? Vaguely. I'm like, this font? <laughs> this font? <laughs> Are we sure? Oh, my God. Yeah. What is this font? Yeah. like it's... Chloe beside it looks so insane. It's giving Canva. It's giving... Could have had a few more goes. It's giving like small plates wine bar in East London. Yes. That's what the font is. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Even the branding is a little bit that. And they put up on the Instagram calling for skilled tailors. And I'm like, that's. (laughs) It's very. um, Archwell. Yeah. Do you see poor little Meg's pod got cancelled? Did it? Yeah. They're probably going to get fucking sued soon. Yeah. What was the other one they were going to do? They've got a lot on too. (laughs) A lot on their plates. They've got a lot on their plates. I listened to a good pod about Harry's Harry's legal case and I'm a bit worried for him. I have to say. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to hear more, we're going to go directly to Patreon where we're going to talk about... That and yep. also obviously Natalie wearing her head. Natalie Beach's back, baby. If you don't know who that is, it's Caroline Colloway's former best friend and ghostwriter. Who that should say she's all like to- mononym like Adele. She's just Natalie. I can't believe Natalie's back with a book. Back with a book of essays. <laughs> Fucking hell. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Hold up. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.